to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Nate Andres. And I am Eddie Quinones. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, Eddie. Happy 25th episode of this football edition of the podcast. Crazy. 25 yes. later, we're here on our yeah. last week of the regular season for this is our fourth season of the league. Obviously, only the second season of the podcast. So let's go ahead and jump in. We are looking ahead to week 14, which is our final week of this year's regular season. Obviously, going to recap week 13 as well. So this is your 14th episode of the 2021 season. This week, we're really going to focus on the first edition of our playoff preview. Obviously, we don't have all six spots locked in yet, but... It's a little fun to talk about the teams that are racing for, you know, first round by or even just the sixth and final playoff spot itself. And we're going to bring back Eddie's dynamic duos for this week's episode as well. So have that to look forward to. Let's talk about week 13, our prior week recap. Biggest upset. I'm just going to get the, get the elephant out of the room. <laughs> Obviously, it's Kyron versus me. Rolf Boy versus Otis and the Bell Cows. It took literally a historically bad game plan, uh, at least for Mac Jones in, in a passing offense, for me to lose this week. Nothing really needs to be said. Um, it's just bad luck and time for me to move on from that. Honestly, though, there's not too much for me to be sour about because Scott is looking really strong and would be really hard to catch for that number one seed, even if I did happen to stumble my way into a 2 and a week. And by the way... Just one touchdown pass from Mac Jones would have been the difference between me going 0-2 and 2-0 and on the week. So pretty interesting wow. turnout. Uh, definitely the biggest upset of the week. Eddie, did you have a different pick, or are you just going to tell me how we, bad my team is? One, uh, your team, obviously. I, I said don't count Kyron out. Now, his team didn't really do quite enough to win this game. Your team just did enough to lose the game. So Really, Bill really, Belichick did enough to yeah. lose my game. Exactly. So outside of that, there was actually a few other games that uh, consider some upsets going into uh, into kind of these late stages for teams that needed to win. So we had Lucas over Jake. Uh, Lucas won 144 to 138 on the head-to-head matchup. And then you had Michael over Sean. Uh, both Jake and Sean um, are fighting for playoff contention at this point right now. And uh, I think those, those two hurt both of them pretty, pretty badly. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a rough look for, for both of them. Last yeah. Week. Those are good to highlight. And yeah. of course, Mike is fighting for a playoff spot himself too. Yeah. He's just kind of like, he's, he's kind of like Sean, but Sean has had the better record to kind of not be backed into a corner for these last couple of weeks. Mike's yeah. been backed into a corner for each of the last like two to three weeks and he's been delivering, man. So he is still yes, he in has. it heading into this last week. Biggest takeaway. I will lead us off, and I kind of have two this week. So I kind of focus on a you know group, a league perspective, and then on just an individual manager perspective. So my my group takeaway is that there are not any runaways right now in terms of you know the teams that are going to be making playoffs. Obviously, some teams look stronger than others. But we've seen all five teams who have clinched a playoff berth score under 150 points at least two times since week nine, which was roughly only a month ago. Uh, so there are certainly no giants, despite what some of the rosters look like. 
And this is definitely anyone's league to win, especially given that our playoff format is just one-week playoff matchups. And then on the flip side, you know, not considering the, the group as a whole, the individual perspective, and, and I, I guess I was kind of like jokingly alluding it to it with my biggest upset pick, but it's you got to focus on the process, but still learn from the results. So try not to focus on the results so much, but definitely use them to learn, right? I've been thinking a lot about this idea this season, and it's really helped me to kind of detach most of my emotion from game day Sundays, right? Of course, just like anyone else, I get excited when my players score or frustrated when their touchdowns are called back due to a penalty, etc. But I've really leaned in this year to accepting that I have zero control over what happens on the field, which has in turn helped me to kind of accept outcomes this year, regardless of whether I'm winning or if I'm going 0-2 for the week. What I like to give more attention to instead is how well did I position my team to win as consistently as possible. This kind of includes assessing talent pre-draft all the way through the nitty-gritty of assessing matchups ahead of time for playoff matchups in weeks 15 to 17 at the end of the season when you're kind of making those waiver wire pickups. So everything from big picture all the way down to every single move, right? What I don't want to be lost, though, when I say focus on the process is that the results and the outcomes can still teach us about our process. So that is like if you're missing the playoffs every year or just about missing the playoffs every year, you may want to change your preparation or your management process um, if you haven't already done that. Whereas if you find yourself in a relative position of success every year, uh, and I'm saying relative meaning compared to the rest of the league, you seem to be the guy, or at least in the group of guys that's making playoffs year after year, then you should probably only be looking to tweak your process rather than overhauling it and attempt to kind of get over that hump and win a title. Because my thought is, if you're there every year, the title will come. Fantasy football is too lucky to win it every, or you know, too luck-based to win it every year. But if you're up there every single season, the title will come. So don't go overhauling your process. You know, focus on the process learn from the results. That is my individual biggest takeaway. Finally, toss it to you, Eddie. What was your biggest takeaway from week 13? Kind of a hard one to follow up after, uh, after you just said all that. Uh, but mine was just kind of really a little bit more basic and then we kind of covered a little bit more, but like really like no one's out right now of the playoffs. Like, like you, and you've already mentioned this before and you kind of talked about it. Like there's no clear cut of who's doing what and who's going where. Um, so I just think it kind of biggest takeaway of coming from this week again, it's just it's anyone's game to make the playoffs going into it, kind of similar to, to kind of what you mentioned. So Let's be clear. You, Kyron, and Lucas well, are out. <laughs> listen, okay. Everyone in the top But everyone nine. else. This is – yeah, it's, it's yeah. great. I don't, I don't want to get into it too much because that's what, that's what our main focus yeah, of the episode yeah, is yeah. this week. We're going to talk about playoff preview here in a minute. Let's go ahead and jump over to our standings update, and I'm really going to give one through nine here because our playoff berths after this past week, and I think maybe uh, Scott and myself may have clinched before this past week, but I just – I didn't I really read too much for <laughs> like three weeks now. Maybe I don't know longer. about three weeks, but I think, <laughs> I think last week we were definitely clinched after having 17 and 18 wins. I just didn't necessarily look into it too much, but 
I did look into it this week for our playoff preview part one. The teams that have clinched playoff berths, there's there's five of us already heading into this last week. Number one, Scott, of course, the Thundercats. He has a 20, 20 and six record. Number two is me, Otis and the Bell Cows. I have a seventeen and nine record. Third place currently by way of points four is Nick Auto Rocket, fifteen and eleven record. The two guys right behind him have the same record, but in order of points forward, fourth place is Kevin Randy Marsh. And fifth place is JC, Scooby and the gang. Those of us five have clinched playoff berths. No matter what happens this week, we're in the playoffs. And actually, we're locked into the top five seeds. Nobody from sixth to ninth place can even catch us for the fifth, you know, a top five seed. Which makes it interesting because we're going to be talking a lot about this here in a couple minutes. But the playoff hunt then for only one more playoff spot, the sixth and final spot, is between these four teams, and they all have the same record, just like Nick, Kevin, and JC do, except these guys are all 12 and 14. So in sixth place, currently it's Jake, Penguins of Madagascar. Seventh place is Damon, the Rickest Rick. Eighth place is Mike, God of the Super Saiyans. And ninth place is Sean, the Football Heads. Again, all have a 12 and 14 record, but that is in order of their total points for. And for the top three of those four, the points for is really close. It's within like 16 points. So this is going to be a really fun last week. But let's get into our playoff preview without further ado. I'm first going to start with our clinched playoff berths. And just as a quick recap, Thundercat Scott, he's actually clinched the number one seed. So kudos to Scott. He has not only clinched a first round bye, but he's clinched sole possession of the number one seed no matter what happens this last week. So he doesn't even have to be in the same side as the bracket as whoever ends up being the two and the three seed. So that's one benefit of the number one seed, right? Then there's me, Nick, Kevin, JC. Each of these teams will officially finish with a 500 or better record. Scott was the first and will be the only team to reach 20 wins this season. Like I said, he clinched the number one seed in a first round bye. And on one hand, that's great for him knowing that his regular season fate is sealed. But then on the other hand, it means that he is a lock to get two of the other four teams who have clinched a playoff berth on his side of the bracket. Likely, that's going to be two of either Nick, Kevin, and JC. Um, but again, to kind of hash that out and what I mean by that is let's play it out that I get the two seed. Yeah, I'm going to get the next toughest team who's the three seed, but then two and three seed side of the bracket also gets the sixth seed on their side of the bracket. So whoever's kind of kind of win that gauntlet, that four-man gauntlet between Jake, Damon, Mike, and Sean is going to play the three seed in round one, and then the winner of that will play the two seed who had a bye in round one. So it's probably stronger overall, but again, Scott as the one seed is guaranteed to get at least two of the five teams that have already clinched playoff spots, which is interesting, right? Because those teams were obviously strong enough to get the job done before even the regular season was over. So kind of a double-edged sword, but next point is that Kevin and JC are virtually a lock for somewhere between third and fifth um, at this point, since Kevin would need to outscore me by 140 points while going 2-0 and this week on top of me going 0-2. And, and JC, he needs to say a prayer because he would have to outscore me by 195 points while going 2-0 and and me going 0-2. It's virtually impossible for those two guys to hurdle me at this point, 
assuming that it's a safe bet to call me the, you know, the quote unquote, the target hurdle for the number two seed. Eddie, do you have any thoughts on just, just the teams so far that have clinched playoffs, the, the five, Scott, me, Nick, Kevin, JC, any of the points that I just mentioned, if you have anything to add? I think it's important kind of to mention this. And like you've already said, these teams have already kind of done what they've needed to do for the season so far to actually be able to get into that kind of position and actually make the playoffs. I think uh, kind of an important point to have here, though, is each one of these teams has had kind of their weaknesses throughout the year. And they've kind of flashed here and there. And they've kind of shown themselves as as time goes on. So kind of moving forward, and you'll probably mention this for the teams in the hunt, uh, again, it's not out of the realm of reality for, for upsets to happen and things to happen. So I think getting on the right side of the bracket here will make a very big difference to some of those teams. Uh, obviously, yourself and Scott already, that's pretty much locked in into what side of the brackets you guys are going to be in. But I think you guys are probably looking at the rest of this bracket thinking, okay, I would rather these people kind of line up and, and certain things shake out on both of your ends. Um, but again, it kind of, like I said, each one of these teams within the top five has had kind of their kryptonite this year. Um, and it can happen again. So it will just be really interesting, even with the teams that have already clinched. So, Yeah. And I want to say just based off of if memory serves me each of the past two years t- I want to say like two of our top three perceived teams in terms of like talent have seemed to make the championship. I feel like we've had a lot of upsets, especially over the past month, even of the top teams. So I feel like that's a little bit of ominous foreshadowing for maybe this is the year that we see like a a five and a three seed make the championship as opposed to like the one in the three or the one Mm -hmm. in the two. This might be the year that we finally see some pretty big upsets in our fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think this so far this season, it's kind of led to this moment. Like you said, there have been a lot of upsets so far. Um, So I just, I expect it to kind of carry on into the playoffs and there'd be some upsets there. So, yeah. So moving on to the two teams that are in the hunt for the number two seed, the other first round buy, that would be, Again, I, I kind of said Kevin and JC, it's, it is technically possible, but it's really not going to happen. You never see a team get outscored by 140 or 150 points, or in JC's case, he needs to outscore me by 200 points, basically. Uh, so it's really just me and Nick. My path to that first round buy is that I go one and one or better this week, or I don't get outscored by 75 or more points by Nick, or... Nick goes one and one or worse this week. So I kind of have, you know, a number of things that can happen, you know, and as opposed to like this and this and this needs to happen, which you're going to hear in a second here on Nick's side. I just need one thing to happen for me to get that first round by. So then Nick's path to the first round by would be to go two and oh this week and I go oh and two this week. And he has to outscore me by 75 or more points. So he kind of has to have a lot go right for him to get that that other first round by the number two seed this week. But it is not totally impossible, not to the extent that it is for Kevin and JC. So I don't really think there's much to add there, Eddie. Do you have anything? No, no. Okay. So then let's move on to 
the thick of it. This is going to be the most exciting thing to watch this week. It's the hunt for the number six seed, the final playoff spot, and the four teams that are looking to, to, to kind of bid their way into the playoffs. Jake, after getting snubbed last second last year, Penguins of Madagascar, he's leading the pack currently. He is currently the number six seed. But then right behind him, Damon, the Rickus Rick, our defending reigning champion from 2020. Right behind him is Mike, God of the Super Saiyans, and then Sean, the football heads. So I basically just wrote up everyone's path to the playoffs here, and you can feel free to chime in you know, at any point or even after I'm done, but I figured the best way to go about this would be to break down everyone's path to get in, right? So Jake's path to playoffs would be to, to finish with a better record than all others in this group, which is unlikely. Um, so I said, or it would be to finish with the same record as others in this group. And depending on who finishes with that same record as him, he would have to not get outscored by Damon by 10 points or not get outscored by Mike by 16 points or not get outscored by Sean by 81 points. Again, those factors only come into play if those guys individually would finish with the same record as Jake and that record being the best or tied with the best of this group of four. So then Damon's path to the playoffs would be very similar. All of these guys are, you know, it's very similar path to playoffs minus the amount that they need to not get outscored by or outscore another person in this group by. It would be to finish with a better record than all others in this group or finish with the same record as others and depending on who finishes with the same record, outscore Jake by 10 and then don't get outscored by six by Mike and don't get outscored by Sean by 71. Mike's pass to the playoffs, finish with a better record than any than, than all four of these teams, or sorry, all four, all three of the other teams, right? Or, because that's unlikely, finish with the same record and depending on who gets that same record, outscore Jake by 16, outscore Damon by six, and don't get outscored by Sean by 65. And then Sean needs the most to happen. Um, he needs to finish with a better record than everyone in this group, which is like it is for all four of these guys, unlikely. So if the more likely thing happens and he does have a good week, but somebody else is able to tie him in record, depending on which of the other three guys it is, he would have to outscore Jake by 81 if it was him. He would have to outscore Damon by 71 if it was him. Or he'd have to outscore Mike by 65 if it was him. Obviously, if it's multiple people, he would have to outscore the highest points for. So that is all four of these guys' path to being the sixth and final playoff team. It's like Jake has the best chance currently. He's like in the best position to make playoffs. But I am not comfortable, not relaxed at all if I am any one of these four guys but hey, that's what makes the league fun. I'm sure it's not necessarily super fun for these guys because they'd love to have a playoff spot locked up. But as a group, it's fun to see this heading into the very last week of the regular season. What do you think, Eddie? I think Jake is is in it for another whirlwind again <laughs> in this upcoming year. Obviously, uh, when the decision gets made this year, it's a little bit more solidified. We won't talk about it on the podcast and then have to break his heart the next morning saying that it didn't happen. Um but uh, I, like you said, it's it's a situation that I would currently love to be in because it would just mean that my team is doing good enough to make playoffs. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's a little bit of a, a nerve-wracking situation if you're any one of those teams. Like you said, it's 
it's kind of, I think overall in any season that we've had, I think this is the most across the border balanced that our playoff contention has been uh, for in terms of players being able to actually make the playoffs um, and managers. So I don't know. It'll be exciting. It'll be really fun. And I think this is kind of what fantasy football comes down to. And again, this is what makes it fun. So, you know, it's funny is if Kyron did not reach 15 losses before he went on this crazy win streak. He is now 10 and 16, which is only one week back of all four of these teams that are 12 and 14 and alive heading into the final week of the playoffs. So he started what one and 15 and we shut him down right then and there. (laughs) He's now, he's now 10 and 16. He has gone nine and one since we shut his team down. It's still the right call, obviously in retrospect, because even going on that crazy win streak, even if he was perfect right now, he would be, what would that be? 11 and six. No, it would be 11 and 15. That would be his record right now if he was a perfect 10 and 0 since we shut his team down. And even then, at 11 and 15, he would be eliminated from playoffs right now because 12 and 14, he couldn't jump all four teams in front of him. Yeah. It's, some of them have head to head matchups and everything. So it would be. Yeah. So. I'm not necessarily trying to get on the high horse and justify why we shut people down at 15, but I'm just kind of gauging that like when I kind of made that just logical guess back then, it looks like in retrospect that it was a good call. That seems to be the line of when you get one loss over where it's impossible for you to go at least 500 on the season, that seems to be a good point to say, we got to lock your team. You know, we don't want you messing with uh, boosting up other teams through trades. We don't want you messing with making important waiver claims, stuff like that. It's kind of a crappy part because it's obviously not fun for the team that's getting shut down, but I think it's the most fair way to do it and least controversial uh, in terms of ramifications for the, the teams that are still alive. Yeah, and, and actually I was going to say, if he did only have 15 losses, there is a way that he would actually be able to make the playoffs, but it would actually involve a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like teams would have to split games 1-1 because – four points for and whoever actually won. And then he would have to have, in terms of his points for, he's only at about like, I don't know, 1600, which he is 130 points below even Sean. It was another roughly 75 to 80 points below the other three teams that are still involved. So he would need like a 200 point swing on the final week. And then a bunch of stuff to go crazy. If a bunch of people went one and one and he went, Two and zero. Two and zero, and then he would have scored. Assuming that he was ten and zero since he got shut down, then he would have the same record as everyone. But then even Sean, who's the lowest among the other four that are still alive, he would need to outscore by over one hundred and thirty points. So it's just like yes, very, very technically, hypothetically possible. But that would it. It's impossible. You know, I think we have enough ground to stand on to say that once you reach the threshold of being under five hundred on the season, you know, it's impossible for you to make playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Let's finally move on to our matchup preview, looking ahead to the 14th and final week of the regular season in 2021. Eddie, give me your best matchup this week. There are, there's obviously a lot of really good matchups to choose from. Almost every single one has implications on our playoff bracket. I think, again, like you said, there's a bunch coming into this week. I think Jake and Sean's is really the one that kind of stands out to me this upcoming week. Obviously, they're going head-to-head. They're both 12 and 14. 
They need to win to make the playoffs. Um, this has a chance to probably be one of the most exciting matchups coming into the year. Um, on one side, obviously, there's there's some some issues. Sean has got some issues on his side of the ball. Uh, last week, I think he only put up like 90-something points. Um, it's just not – it's not looking like the greatest team on that end. He's got a couple bye weeks, um, and he's got Adam Thielen, which I think that one hurts probably the most, uh, just being listed out today. So that one kind of stings a little bit. Um, well, I think we knew he was going to be out, right? Because he sprained yeah, his ankle. Yeah, he sprained his ankle. But it, the official news came out today. Sure. He was out. I got very lucky on that trade, by the way. Like, just yes, on the timing did. of it. It was very yeah. lucky. It worked out really well. And then on the other end of the ball, uh, Jake has got a solid team from top to bottom. It's honestly not a bad team at all. Um, the, the biggest question mark that I would have kind of on his side of the roster is his tight end situation. Ricky Seals Jr. is questionable. Um, it's not 100% sure if he's going to play. He was limited at practice today um, from what I've seen. Uh, so, I don't know. I, it has a potential to be a really fun matchup um, and probably be one of the best matchups in terms of, like, actual playoff ramifications this year. Correct so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Jake rosters Logan Thomas, right? I haven't paid no. attention to who – okay, maybe I'm – Maybe he traded him or something. I, I believe Logan Thomas is on IR again. So yeah, he's 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 gonna, gonna be out for yeah. at least the whole fantasy season. Yeah. Uh I haven't really paid much attention to whose team he's been on this year because he basically hasn't played all year. Not anything. He's played like three thought, games, maybe. Or at least I'm I'm fairly he's on certain waivers that, right now. Okay, so Jake must have recently dropped him because I'm fairly certain that he was on Jake's team for most of the season. Jake dropped him. He must have made a claim last night because he was dropped at three oh eight AM. Yep. Uh, this this morning. So. Okay. So yep. It looks like he claimed yep. Ricky Seals Jones, who is his replacement for the Washington football team. Um, after I'm sure learning of the news that Logan Thomas yeah. is not going to be returning for the fantasy season at least. Uh. So yeah, definitely shaky at tight end. I had the same pick for best matchup, and I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you why specifically. There are obviously implications associated with nearly every matchup this week. Actually, all of them except Scott versus Kyron um, because Scott has already locked up the one seed. Kyron is already eliminated from playoffs. But this matchup between Jake and Sean is unique in that every other matchup, aside from the one I just mentioned, Scott versus Kyron, well, actually, even that one, has one playoff berth team versus either one eliminated team or one team in the hunt. In this matchup, however... Both teams are playing for their season. With everything on the line for both sides, I simply could not pick another matchup as my best for this final edition of the regular season matchup preview. So I am definitely looking forward to watching Jake versus Sean this weekend. Thing to watch for. I'm probably going to steal the words out of your mouth, Eddie. It's definitely who claims that sixth and final (laughs) playoff spot. This is probably the most exciting finish that we have had to a regular season yet in this league. And I feel for the guys who won't get to make it in, but it looks like Sean and Mike were right not to give up when things looked pretty grim for them since they are now just one good week away from staking their claim as a playoff team in 2021. I'm not necessarily making a prediction there that it's going to be Sean or Mike, but things were looking pretty down for those two guys. And here they are in fantasy football where nine games are played across your entire roster. I think or maybe it's 11 for our league. Anything can happen 
in the 60-minute football games. Anything can happen in a one-week matchup. These guys just need one good week to happen, and they're in after basically being written off as eliminated from playoffs for a few weeks now. So that's not to talk down Jake or Damon, but it's just kind of a, a nice little cheerlead for don't give up until you're eliminated. Because these guys have done a nice job of keeping themselves alive. What's your thing to watch for, Eddie? Well, I was going to say <laughs> the battle for the number six seed. Uh, but I, I get, I, this kind of falls into it. But I, my thing to watch is literally just Jake and Sean's matchup. That is literally my thing to watch this upcoming week because it, it is going to be a very, very fun one. And like I literally just said, probably has the potential for probably being one of the best, best matchups that we've had uh, all year in terms of the implications that it has. So, I think the biggest implications, or, or I guess I should say the biggest butterfly effect that that matchup could have in terms of potential results would be Sean beating Jake, but not scoring enough points to jump anybody else. Because then there's kind of like this whole cobweb yeah. of who, what, what do the other two, what's their yeah. record that they finish with? How many points did they score? It'd be I really think it's going to come down. I think it's going to personally come down to points for. I think there's going to be a tie for that sixth seed, whether it's a two or three way tie, what, mm-hmm. whatever it comes out to. And I think it's going to come down to points for. And again, they're all very close to each other like very close to each other for the most part in terms of kind of Jake Damon and Jake Damon and Mike are literally within 16 points of each other, the three of them. So So it's very, very close. That that'll be very fun to watch. So matchup predictions for the last, uh, this is going to be the last week that we have six matchups to, to choose from in terms of our matchup predictions, because we have four next week since I'm sorry, we'll have, I think, just two. Yeah, we're just going to have two for the next two weeks, and then we're going to have, obviously, and we'll have two the rest of the way because not only in uh, in the quarterfinals and in the semifinals, but then obviously in the championship round, we do yeah. have a third-place matchup. So we'll have two yeah. the rest of the way as opposed to six. First matchup of the week. Bowl. We could do a little toilet bowl predictions. For, for I, don't even think we, I don't even think we... Maybe we do. I think maybe ESPN does set matchups if, for the non-playoff you, teams. If you scroll down, it, it actually has. Because like technically, I have a chance of not finishing in last place. I could win the bracket at the very bottom and technically finish in like seventh place. So it's more of a consolation prize than anything else. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. yeah. First matchup of this week, Eddie. It's you versus me. And I know you're going to pick you. And I know I'm going to pick me. So... Do you have anything to do you have anything to share about our matchup at all? Uh, uh nothing really. My team is in shambles. Uh, they're they're hurting right now. My defense is on a bye week, so I have to pick up a defense tomorrow or tonight. Before the night ends, I was just waiting for everyone to kind of make their waiver claims and pick up whatever they needed to pick up before yeah. I actually went in there. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think my team is in shambles. But I'm going to come out here and then kind of steal a victory away from you and just make sure that. I at least can get a win. Oh, I've, I feel like it's a lock for me to get that second seed, the first round by, because I don't have to worry <laughs> about Nick outscoring me. I don't even have to worry about Nick losing. I know I'm picking up at least one win head-to-head over you this week, Eddie. So, <laughs> <laughs> Our second matchup of the week, another one with very low implications on the playoff bracket. 
actually none, like I mentioned earlier. Thundercats <laughs> versus Rolf Boy. Eddie, you're gonna keep the streak going with Kyron. You picking Kyron to win? I'm picking Kyron to win. I think the last three times that I've picked him, he's actually pulled up the upset. So I'm going with Kyron. I would love to continue to pick Kyron, even though I didn't pick him last week against my team. I think I picked him the previous few weeks before that, but I can't disrespect uh, Scott. His team is too strong, and I believe he's going to be at full health. I'm sorry, he has DeAndre Swift out, but Debo Samuel might be coming back this week. Uh, I guess the jury is still out on that, but still. I think his team is too much to handle for Kyron, so I'm picking Thundercats. Our matchup of the week, the best matchup for both of us, Penguins of Madagascar versus the Football Heads. I'll let you lead us off. Who's your uh, pick to win this one? <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to have to go with just the strength of the team and the health of the team. I'm going to have to go with Jake here. I think he's going to pull it off. Um, I don't know if he's going to hit a league medium, but I think he's definitely going to get the head-to-head matchup with this one. So, I also have to pick Jake. I want to troll and say that Jake is going to see some heartbreak two years in a row, <laughs> but I, I do think that he's going to win this matchup, so I'm going with Penguins and Madagascar. Yeah. Our fourth matchup of the week, another one with uh, really high implications, but I guess not as many as the matchup that we just talked about. It's Randy Marsh versus the Rickus Rick, Kevin versus Damon. I went with Kevin in this one, but I didn't pick him confidently. Uh, still picked Randy Marsh, but curious to hear who you picked for this matchup. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Randy. Uh, again, no really confidence between both of them. Uh, at this point, they both have seen their weaknesses, and you, we've seen some lows from both of them, and we've seen some highs. I, don't, I can't confidently pick one or the other, but like if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Randy Marsh on this one this week. It hurts Damon that he has to stream a quarterback this week. Jalen Hurts is on yes. by, and he is streaming Ben Roethlisberger, which is not going to be as bad as my stream of Mac Jones, but it's not going to be number three overall quarterback, Jalen Hurts. So that'll hurt him. Last, sorry, not last matchup, second to last matchup, God of the Super Saiyans versus Scooby and the Gang, Mike versus JC. Who'd you have for this one? A lot, of, a lot of really good matchups. Yeah, this week. there's a lot of very good matchups this week. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to go with Mike on this one. I think Mike's team has enough. Obviously, JC still has a little bit of a spot in his, uh, on his roster that he has to clean up there. But uh, I still think Mike, Mike's team has a chance. Mike didn't give up, and he kind of kept fighting all year. And I think that he has a really good chance of actually pulling this one off this week. So I'm going to go with Mike to kind of pull a little bit of the upset and keep his playoff hopes alive. I'm cheering for Mike here because JC's already locked into a playoff spot, but I did choose JC to win this matchup. Last matchup of the week, it is Hugh Neutron versus Auto Rocket. There's not much to talk about here. I chose Auto Rocket. Nick's team has been doing very well. I know he's had, like I mentioned way earlier in the episode, all five of the teams who have clinched playoff berths have scored under 150 at least twice over roughly the past month. But very recently, like over the past two to three weeks, Nick's team has been very strong. So I am picking him to continue to keep it rolling here. Who do you got? I agree. I I think Nick is going to kind of keep the ball rolling here. and His team has shown kind of why it's in this playoff contention right now and why it has a chance of making playoffs. I think Nick's going to stake his claim as the number three seed. I don't think that he's going to be able to take the two seed from me, but yeah. 
very impressive climb for him from I believe yes. he was four and eight at one point to now looking like the favorite to be a top three team heading into the playoffs. So yep. well done by Nick. Eddie, I'm going to toss it to you. We are basically featuring you for almost the entire around the league portion of the podcast this week. Take it yes. away. Yes. All right. Moving on to our fantasy over under section. Uh, we've got some some players covering for injuries in this section, and then we have someone coming back from an injury. So starting off at the very top, we have Chuba Hubbard versus the Atlanta Falcons at an over-under of 16. What do you have? I've got the under. I'm not we I think we talked about it last week, if not the week before, but I think it was last week. I am not a Chuba Hubbard fan. I think that he's probably going to be a flex play over a larger sample as the starting running back for the Carolina Panthers 16 is a it's not shooting the moon as a running back but it's still kind of in that upper echelon of you know points per game for a running back so I'm I'm picking the under here for Chuba Hubbard how about you I am going to take the over here I have a little bit of faith in Chuba to actually come in there and, and kind of put in some of that work obviously that offensive's a little bit different Cam Newton a quarterback um Obviously, they had a, a bye week last week, so we weren't really able to tell immediately what it's going to look like. But I have a little bit of faith that Chuba Hubbard is, is going to be able to get some touches and, and get over that 16. All right, moving on to the next one. We have a wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, versus the Rams secondary at an over-under of 15. Uh, one thing to note, obviously, Ramsey is going to be shadowing Hopkins all game. That's always been a fun matchup and an exciting thing to watch. Um, I personally here am going to take the under. I think the Rams are coming off of a big win last week. That defense did really well, um, and I expect the ball to kind of keep rolling, and I expect uh, Jalen Ramsey to hold Hopkins under 15 points. Stole the words out of my mouth. I'm taking the under. Jalen Ramsey is... The real deal. Nobody really needs to hear that out loud, but he absolutely is. He shuts down top wide receivers. And even if DeAndre Hopkins had been rolling, which he had not, uh, he's been out for over a month with a hamstring injury. I think in, if you include their buy in there, mm-hmm. um, maybe it's not quite a month. I'm not sure, but it's it's roughly around it's close a month. to it. Yeah. So he's either coming back. I would imagine he's healthy at this point, but. There's basically two scenarios here. He's coming back not at 100%, which is not a good recipe against Jalen Ramsey, or he's coming back at 100% health, but he's still got to knock some rust off because he hasn't played in roughly a month. He's going against Jalen Ramsey. I think those are two uh, separate scenarios, but both not good recipes to put up over 15 points this week. I'm taking the under. Yeah. Great. All right. And the final one, uh, obviously DeAndre Swift being out, Jamal Williams is going to kind of help that backfield out as much as possible. Um, so I have Jamal Williams versus Denver's defense with an over under of 18 points, uh, which is about six points higher than what ESPN currently has him put at, which is at 12 points. I just believe that he's going to kind of end up getting that heavy workload in that backfield and, and actually have a chance to get over it. So I'm actually going to go with the over here. What do you have? It's an interesting call because I do like Jamal Williams' skill set as he can he can run it, but he's also a pretty good pass-catching running back. Um, obviously, without Swift, he is going to be the main focus on at least the ground game. I would expect even in the pass game, even though the, you know TJ Hawkinson will be playing, that Jamal Williams will get a handful of targets. 
So I do like the aggressive call for the purposes of fantasy over under this week, but I am still going to take the under here. Uh, 18 is a pretty high mark. I like Jamal Williams. I think that he's a pretty good bet to fill in for Scott, and I have him in another league where I have Swift as well. So I feel I feel good about starting Jamal Williams. It's just I'm not – I wouldn't confidently bet over 18 points. So for that reason, I am triple under this week. Yeah, that's uh... – so you you normally whenever you start stacking one or two you go for all three half the time so <laughs> but yeah yeah all right just a theme. so with that yeah it is the theme so with that section coming to an end we're gonna go to ahead to our dynamic duo so some of you might remember this with some of the graphics that I did earlier in the year I kind of put together a dynamic duo uh, this week it's gonna be a quarterback and a halfback on both ends um, I'm going to list out these two players I am going to ask for just a quick thought from from Nate here I'm going to list off these guys and be like okay do you want duo one or duo two he's going to make his decision and then I'm going to actually go into kind of some of the statistics behind them um, and kind of figure out what duo is actually going to work better and which one is actually going to score okay so we're doing this a little bit of a different yeah yeah yeah, a little bit different and by Um, the way before you jump in I think next year we'll be able to kind of get the graphics popping into a well-oiled machine with Eddie you know kind of doing his dynamic duos and the standings updates. Obviously, I will be a regular host next year. Obviously, this season was a little bit of a whirlwind with me taking a lot of time off the podcast. So don't feel like we have taken a step back. We certainly have, but I think for good reason. I think we have a pretty good blueprint to start something special and continue to build on it, potentially open up roles to you guys who would like to become involved. Eddie's got his thing going with the graphics. I got my thing going with hosting and obviously eddie does a great job being a co-host but just wanted to quickly touch on that eddie take it over with dynamic duos all right so dynamic duo these uh these most of these guys are pretty in somewhat injury riddled throughout the year they've kind of had their issues throughout the year but they're still guys that you would expect to produce at a high level when they're healthy um so dynamic duo number one we have aaron Rodgers and alvin Kamara. yes and then dynamic duo number two we have Kyler Murray, Nick Chubb. Interesting. Okay. Or actually, that's not even really just for my taste personally. I don't really think that it's much of a consideration for me mm-hmm. in the current situation. I would take Kyler Murray and Nick Chubb both this week and for the rest of the season. Okay. I think maybe if you told me like back at draft day, it would be definitely a hard consideration for me because obviously Camara was a top five pick or so. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was not as highly touted as Kyler Murray coming off of Kyler Murray's, I think he was top two in at least quarterback points per game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been a lot closer for me if no factors of health were in question. But as things stand currently, if you're asking me both who I want in week 14 and moving forward throughout the rest of the playoffs, give me Kyler Murray and Nick Chubb. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. All right. So coming off of the very top, Aaron Rodgers, uh, statistically in the past few weeks has actually been killing it. He's been doing really well. Uh, the lowest game he's had in the past three weeks was 10 points, and that was on against Seattle. That was a weird game on both sides of the ball for both teams. Uh Last week, he had 26.28 points, and the week before that, 33.5. He's been averaging he's about 70 points over the last three weeks. 
Um, and he's absolutely been killing it. All right, Kamara on the other end. Obviously, he was out for a couple weeks, uh, had some injury issues, just wasn't looking too good for him. He is back this upcoming week. He's been practicing. Everything's been working out. Every week that he has actually consistently played and gotten a majority of the workload, the lowest points he's had, and this was in, in week two, he only had seven points, and he actually didn't even play the majority of that game because he only had about eight touches and, and a few catches. Any point outside of that, he scored over 12 fantasy points. And even when he scored those 12 fantasy points, he had 26 carries for 120 yards, missing a touchdown at that point. Um, he's averaging about 20 fantasy points. And the last three games that he played, he had 33.9, 16.6, and 20.4. Um, obviously, quarterback situation uh, is a little questionable right now with them. Taysom Hill being on the field hurts Kamara's value uh, just because Taysom's going to be the one running the ball a little bit. Uh, but I, I do still expect kind of seeing what happened with the Saints and Taysom throwing like five <laughs> interceptions. Um, I think they're going to probably try to dial that down a little bit and actually kind of give Kamara the ball a little bit more. All right. All right. On the other end, obviously, Kyler Murray's performance last week kind of speak for itself. I have him in another league in a sleeper league, and I kept getting notifications probably like every like 10 minutes that Kyler Murray did something or he scored, threw the ball to someone for a deep pass. Um, Obviously, last week he had 30.82 points. Uh, the last time he played was week eight because he was out for, I want to say, three games and a bye week. So pretty much almost a month because him and DeAndre Hopkins have both missed roughly the same amount of time. Uh, before that, he had nine points the week before that, 21.44, 25.67. Those are kind of like his last four games that he's played. Uh, I think the quarterback comparison between Murray and Rodgers over their past four games are extremely close. I think they both have been playing at a very, very high level. Um, and kind of once I finish explaining the statistics, I'm actually going to tell you who I, I pick after this matchup. All right, running back number two for this dynamic duo is Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb actually had a pretty disappointing game last week. Uh, didn't really score too much. Uh, and even before that, I think that offense was kind of in shambles a little bit. I think that offense is just not – it's not working how it should be. Um, Nick Chubb's last four games, uh, week eight versus Pitt, Pittsburgh, 7.9. Versus Cincinnati, he had 30.3. So all four of these guys have had a 30-point game in the past, like four, four of their matchups. Um, week 11, he had missed week 10. Uh, due to an injury week 11 22.4 and the last week he only had eight carries with 16 yards and 5.9 fantasy points um again cleveland's offense scares me um almost as much i wouldn't say actually almost as much but very closely to kind of what the saints offense kind of looks like right now, both of these offenses, I just don't know if I can trust too much, but I can trust in Kamara's ability more than Chubb, just because with Kareem hunt coming back, I feel like it's going to take a little bit away from actually Nick Chubb's production. And they're kind of, kind of spread that ball a little bit more pull hunting into the kind of the matchup there. So for me, I'll actually take Aaron Rodgers versus Alvin Kamara here. I think Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, like I said, they're going to perform very well. I just think that Kamara over the stretch of the rest of the season 
is going to perform a little bit better than Nick Chubb. So that is what I take on this one. I take duo one. If you want me to be honest, Eddie, I think you kind of convinced me on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and Alvin Kamara. Like the more that I yeah. sat with it and thought, and then I, I, when I answered, I didn't actually know that Kamara was going to be back this week. Like it doesn't even look yeah, like he's yeah. currently questionable. Like he's definitely going to play. Yeah, he's back. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think it doesn't matter, right? But I think I might yeah. change my answer to uh, Aaron Rodgers and Alvin Kamara. It's very yeah. close. That's a, it's that's a very, a great, very close. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great duo comparison. And and originally, I actually was going to have it flipped, and then I looked at it and I was like, no, the other way would be so much better. I was originally going to put Chubb with Rodgers and then Camaro with Murray, but I was like, that's way too stacked on one side. If I flip it the other way, it would be yeah, yeah. very intriguing. So I like again, like I said, I that Cleveland's backfield situation just a little murky right now. I think Kareem Hunt is going to start getting kind of those touches again, and it's going to pull mm-hmm. away from Nick Chubb. So I'm just a little more confident with Rodgers and Camaro. Yeah, I respect that. That's yeah. is a great job this week on dynamic duos. Yeah. News and notes. Uh, we actually only have one piece of news this week. I just didn't really find much interesting. I usually kind of go through a football news thread to put this section together, but really the only thing that I found was interesting, and let me know if I totally forgot something, but Adam Thielen, not that I found that. I knew Adam Thielen got hurt because Sean announced it right after we made that trade like two days before. Yeah. He's like, if you don't like anybody next year, trade them to me because they'll, they'll just get hurt. <laughs> right. Adam Thielen sprained his ankle yeah. and Minnesota's lost to Detroit on Sunday, which is news in and of itself. Detroit got their first win of the season versus the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, and Should have been against it, the Steelers. Yeah. Well, that was a horrible game. <laughs> Steelers are like so up and it's so up and down to be a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers because they tie or lose horrible games, but then they go out and beat a team like the Ravens and it just gets you so pumped. Yeah, you're like, oh, I can't wait for next week. And then, yeah, and yeah. then they're going to play a bad team and they'll play awful. Yeah, but they like play really well. It's Steelers are so weird. They're so wishy washy. It depends on who they're playing. But, uh, yeah, Adam Thielen. To add insult to injury, the the Vikings lost to a team that didn't have a win yet, and we're in week 14. Uh, Adam Thielen, their co-star wide receiver, sprained his ankle. And obviously this could be a multi-week absence, but Sean, who is the manager that rosters Adam Thielen after trading for him last week, is just focused on one week at a time, which has kept him alive all the way until now, heading into the final week of the season. Eddie, are you ready to call it? on Sean's chances at making playoffs after suffering yet another injury to, at this point, it's probably his best player left on his team. I mean, zero disrespect here, Sean. Uh, But yeah, I think your team is just, it's just in shambles at this point and it sucks. Injuries are really what restrict you from, from winning. If you look at your all injured list this year, some pretty impressive names on that list that have been injured. So, yeah, I, I think this kind of closes that door a little bit for me and for sure tells me, hey, yeah, he's probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, not only Derrick Henry and Adam Thielen, but obviously he traded away DeAndre Hopkins while he was hurt. He traded away Michael Carter while he was hurt. So Sean is just <laughs> yeah. getting destroyed this year. I f- feel bad for the yes. man, but sometimes, I guess, in his case, that's just the way that the cookie crumbled. You foresee this going, uh, sorry, this giving Justin Jefferson a boost, or does this feel like more of like a Kyle Pitts situation where the defense is going to game plan for just one player since now Dalvin Cook is out and Adam Thielen is out? 
I think I think we've seen teams try to plan for Justin Jefferson. I think just his raw athleticism and his ability to actually get open, I think makes a big difference. And you also kind of have to look at the quarterbacks. Obviously, Matt Ryan and Cousins aren't like cream of the crop, like amazing. But I think Kirk Cousins can find a way to get Justin Jefferson the ball and extend extend the play a little bit more to actually get it to him. Um, while I do think Justin Jefferson obviously is going to see some heightened coverage, I still think he's going to be able to to do his thing and actually go up there. He's great at 50-50 balls. He can get open fairly quickly, like I said. I think it's a little easier to game plan against a tight end because most of the time they're starting from a very similar position and they're usually not motioning very much. If anything, they're going from tight on one one end of the formation to the other. They're starting off in the middle of the field um, where most of your congestion is. As a wide receiver, you kind of stretch them out wide. You force them to be wide. So when a defense is double covering a wide receiver, it's very easy to tell that they're covering that wide receiver most of the time. So where a tight end, if you're getting double covered, it's a little bit harder to tell, um, and it's a little easier to double coverage a tight end. So I'm gonna I'm still going to say that Justin Jefferson gets a boost here, and he's going to see some increased targets. I think so, too. Uh, yeah. For one, you're the man with the LSU hoodie on right now. That's Justin Jefferson's alma mater, so... I trust your judgment, but also for as talented as Kyle Pitts is, Justin Jefferson is just a better receiver, pass catcher. I know that they're not, they don't play the same position technically, but uh, weapon in the pass game, we can call both of them. Justin Jefferson is more elite of the two. So I do think, I don't, it's hard for me to say he'll get a boost. Um, I think he'll at least remain steady where he's at, which is a top what seven wide receiver at this point so it would basically be hard for so. be hard to say gives him a boost because then you're basically entering cooper cup territory with the expected yeah. production but i do think that he's going to tread water remain where he's at i don't really think that this hurts him uh justin jefferson is is the man that was a very brief news and notes segment but that brings an end to our final regular season edition of the 2021 best player wins fantasy football podcast so- yeah. You sounded like you had something to add. Where, where did you think uh, Justin Jefferson was sitting at right now? I think I said seven. He's at two. Okay. So I, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's so literally, it's even, yeah. it's literally Cooper Cup territory yeah. if you expect him to get a boost. And he's sitting 63 points behind Cooper Cup currently. Yeah. So he would have to have basically two and a half monster games to catch Cooper cup with Cooper Cup missing time (laughs) as much of a boost as he can get at that point. uh, I do expect happening, but again, I don't, I don't think like you just said, I don't think Cooper cup territory is going to be it for him, but yeah. You traded him away for DJ Moore, man. Listen, (laughs) all right. It was a decision that I felt like I needed to make at the time. That was your boy. I was surprised when you did that because you're you're a big LSU guy. But he also, like, at the time where I traded him, he, he's had some, like, some pretty big games after I traded him. He had, like, a 22. Yeah, it he happens. Had two 35-point games. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can't predict that. Yeah. But you take us out, Eddie. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us again in this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. 25th episode. Uh, again, we really wouldn't be doing this if you guys didn't actually listen to it. Um and actually enjoy the podcast. So we really do appreciate it. Um, And with that being said, we will catch you guys next week and good luck, everyone.